Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. And for today's current mood combo, I'm so excited because it's a little bit different. I'm going to be joined by Dr. Vu, who is the founder of VuMD, Longevity and Performance Clinic. He is the assistant professor of health sciences at UCLA, speaker and author of upcoming book, Thrive State, Your Blueprint for Optimal Health, Longevity and Peak Performance. He has a fellowship in anti-aging, metabolic, and functional medicine, and is on the American Board of Anti-Aging and Regenerative Medicine. He's appeared on national TV and media outlets, including The Doctors, Actus Live, and TEDx. He has an incredible personal story about coming to America with his family, which in itself is just so inspiring and mind-blowing and incredible. He has so much he has so much experience, obviously medically in Western medicine, and the way he kind of optimized his health and started focusing on like a holistic approach and wellness is so crazy amazing. It's just, it's this, he bridges this perfect gap of like someone who obviously is so, so, so smart and knows all about the medical side of things and connects them and understands the other side of it. So I just love how he bridges that gap between the two ways to approach your health and not only is his story really inspiring, he has such an incredible way for us to kind of rethink our health and wellness. And he's a doctor and someone we can trust. And I just think he is so incredible. So you guys are going to absolutely love today's current mood combo. I'm personally stoked about it. I feel like it's so elevated and taking our moods to the next level. But before we do that, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. If you guys are wondering about your mood merch, it's at shoplaurenelizabeth.com. It's still available, but however, we did sell out all the products we had ready to ship. So a lot of people are getting their merch already, but if you placed your order on the evening of August 4th or a little bit later, things are just taking a little longer because we need five to 10 business days to put them in production before they ship. So it's only been about maybe seven business days or eight business days. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's been a long week, but don't worry. There's no drama. Things are just getting made because you guys literally made me have the best launch ever. We weren't expecting it. So orders are starting to ship. Just be patient. I promise things are happening. I'm sure you guys got an email with customer service if you want even more updates through FanJoy. I promise everything's happening. You will get your merch soon at Mood with Lauren Elizabeth, shoplaurenelizabeth.com. And let's talk best mood. Okay. Honestly, my best mood this week is just that I got through the week. I think obviously last week was extremely, extremely difficult. Um, I was potentially going to record a solo episode for you guys just kind of about like 
I definitely want to talk about my experience of what I'm going through right now with grief and change. Um, however, I just, I couldn't, I only ever record something when it feels completely authentic. And I just wasn't in a best mood enough to kind of show up and do that for you guys. But at least my best mood this week is that I did show up as much as I could. I had therapy on Monday, which was such oh my God, such a best mood because it just kind of got me back on track and I really pushed myself to show up to other things like social things, whether it was with my family, whether it was dinner. So I have to say all in all, my best mood was showing up because it's so easy to isolate. And my therapist actually reminded me of a really good trick that uh, we've always kind of used, which is, am I being like asking myself the question of, am I being alone just because I want to be alone and I want to, or because I'm isolating. And the way to really answer that question is trial and error. And so what I did is I pushed myself to show up instead of isolating, because even though I could do trial and error of like spending more time alone, I did get that really, really good alone time. I had like a really good best mood on Sunday where I like set my boundaries. I was like, I need time for myself. And I... And I had a really, really peaceful night just by myself. But then, you know, the week started back up. And it's it's hard. Grief takes a really long time to get through. It's not something that's on a timeline or there's no right or wrong way to grieve. So all I could do was set boundaries and show up. So my best mood was that I did that. I set my boundaries. I took my alone time, but I also showed up. I had such a fun dinner with friends that were in town on Monday. I got together with my girlfriends on Tuesday. I showed up to family dinner last night but then I have my boundaries and I'm like okay it's time to go home I want to get in bed early and just kind of utilizing both of those what's the word when what's the word when something's like popular like using those oh it was on the tip of my tongue I always had it using those you probably are screaming into the screaming into your podcast right now listening to this it's like I'm trying to think of like the synonym for like clickbait words. You know what I mean? Anyway, using those words of <laughs> or using those phrases of showing up and setting boundaries was my best mood because I think I did the best that I could. For my worst mood this week, I think there's a lot of in the moment kind of like shame and judgment with like how I'm grieving. And it's because I've never done this before. And in a sense of grieving this, I've never had a loss like this, which I told you guys last week. And I'm really, really hard on myself in general. And I kept saying, I don't know what I should be doing. I don't know what to do. Like, am I doing the right thing? And there's just so much like judgment in like how I'm grieving and being just so hard on myself. I, my, my grief ended up turning inward. And since I was dealing with all these emotions of just like sadness and anger and all of that, I kind of flipped it around on myself. Cause like sometimes people take it out on other people. What I do is I take it out on myself cause I'm so hard on myself. And I had like really bad panic attacks because I was just being so mean to myself in my head. I was being so negative. I was just like literally just being like, I hate myself. I'm so ugly. It's nothing matters. Like just like anything that my anxiety could say to freak me out. And then I ended up like, I had a few little extractions on my face from getting a facial. I ended up picking at all of them and just picking and picking and picking like just like literally physically and mentally like taking out everything on myself. And 
it sucked and it made me feel horrible and it was totally a worse mood. But between, you know, like talking to my mom, talking to my friends, just being honest with that and what I was doing and how I was being so negative and how I was cranky, but I wasn't doing it to anyone else. I was just making myself miserable. Um, which, you know, like the kind of like nurture empath in me is like, well, I wasn't hurting anyone. I was just hurting myself. At least I'm a kind person and I take it out on myself, you know? Um, but it's not cool and it's not a healthy way to deal with a negative experience by making it worse and making it worse for yourself. And so, like I said, by talking to my friends and my mom, my therapist, I was able to kind of like get my head in the right place. And really kind of start dealing with my emotions in a better mood way and not making this worse mood even more horrible than it needed to be. If you guys haven't heard of Green Chef, it's amazing because Green Chef makes it easy to eat the immune-boosting foods you need to stay healthy and fuel a jam-packed end to summer. They take care of all your meal planning, grocery shopping, and even some food prep, giving you more time to tackle that back-to-work season or back-to-school, wherever you're at. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, so premium ingredients like organic veggies and high-quality proteins are a given. It's obviously also sustainable, which is amazing, so you can feel good about the food you're eating and how it got to your table. I love it because they have easy-to-follow recipes, and they have stuff like keto, paleo, plant power diets, as well as meals to just help you eat in a more balanced way. So this is something that's different than other meal kits because it's not just like, oh, I'm learning how to cook, and I'm cooking, and this is fun. This is like actually really focused on you know, wellness and eating really, really healthy and kind of learning how to eat that way but still making it taste really yummy. So I love, love, love that. And I know you guys know I love HelloFresh, and Green Chef is actually now owned by HelloFresh. And with a wide array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. I love switching between the brands, and now you guys can enjoy both of the brands at the discount with me. So if you like HelloFresh, if you like cooking, and you're like me and want to be super, super healthy, take care of your mental and physical health from the inside out, go to greenchef.com slash mood100 and use code mood100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. It's the number one meal kit for eating well. Just go to greenchef.com slash mood100 and use code mood100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. For mood boosters this week, boosting my mood was so, so, so important because the easiest way to kind of like interrupt a worse mood is to throw in a mood booster. I found that really getting outside and being active was a mood booster for me. You guys know I love like working out in the gym, but like sometimes that's a really easy way to like stay in your head and be hard on yourself. So I started riding bikes with my brothers and it's just this like fun way to like be active and physical and sweat and like get those endorphins going, but then also like spend time with people. So it's kind of that like, you know, classic tip of if you want to do physical activity and work out, do it with a friend, make it fun, right? So people are always saying, go to a workout class with a friend. But like we took it to that like really kind of childlike fun level where we were riding bikes. And I I love things that make you feel like you're a kid again. I don't know why. It's just I think that no matter how old you get, you kind of always want to feel like a kid. And so I I literally, after this, am, like, going on a bike ride with my brothers and, like, riding our bikes to the beach and then going to the pool. So it's stuff like that where you can, like, hang out with people and lean on people, but you're doing something that's, like, kind of, like, active and outside and maybe different and adventurous. Like, those things are always really, really, really fun and such a mood booster. 
obviously a mood booster for me was having to take care of my skin after I destroyed it. I don't know if anyone else has like a picking problem, but I pick up my cuticles and I pick up my face and it just, it's not good at all. And no one likes it and it's not fun. And so obviously I was really upset with myself that I picked up my skin. I had like scabs all over my face for a couple days. Um, but I took really good care of it after. And I really focused on just having a little bit of a mood boosting routine of like, okay, it happened. It's fine. I'm going to take care of it. I'm obsessed with the Dr. Dennis Gross light mask. It's like kind of this like way I unwind at night and just lay in bed and it boosts my mood because I just feel like I'm taking care of myself and it actually works. So I absolutely love it. I got this new face mask from Kiehl's, which is amazing. You guys know that Tinks was on the podcast last and she's obsessed with this mask. So I was totally influenced and I went out and bought it. It's like the clay mask. I'll post it on Instagram and I'm obsessed with it. It is so amazing. And my skin is looking better. So it's like one of those things where it's like, even if you have a worse mood, if you like don't take care of yourself, you feel gross, like you can just throw in mood boosters and it'll all be fine in a few days. It's like, don't be too hard on yourself. It happened, accept it what's the next step to move forward to make it better? And I know it sounds silly when it's something, you know, with maybe skincare in my skin or whatever, but how we look correlates to how we feel because we are just humans living in 2021. So when your anxiety and OCD makes you pick your face, skincare is an incredible mood booster. I'm absolutely loving my skincare routine right now. It's actually on my YouTube channel, my last vlog, youtube.com slash love Lauren Elizabeth. So I won't bore you here. And I'm definitely going to have a few new mood boosters like in the next week or so because I think like once I was putting all these mood boosters in my routine and taking care of myself and feeling better, I wanted to like elevate it even more. So I literally ordered like a bunch of the things I love from Sakara. I ordered this new like little like micro needling thing for my skin. And then I ordered the Skinny Confidential Face Ice Roller. So it's like I have all of these like self-care little mood booster things coming. And I have that like shop app where it like tracks all of your packages at once once which by the way it tracks your mood packages as well because we use Shopify um and I obviously placed an order of my own merch so it's you know you can track it there and I watched it on the app and so I can just like see all the things I ordered and it really like helps you with budgeting because I'm like oh wow I ordered so many things today and spent way too much money on mood boosters but you know they're gonna make it into the podcast because I already know I'm gonna be obsessed with them so stay tuned for that Okay, speaking of shopping for yourself, oh my God, I literally go on Majuri like every single week because I'm always like, okay, do I need an earring? Do I need an extra ring? Like Majuri is literally my favorite place to get jewelry. I literally sent a link of a ring to friends last night because I was like, we should get this for one of our friends. And it's just literally the easiest place to treat yourself and get a gift for friends. But it's also literally the best jewelry. If you don't know what Majuri is, you've probably been living under a rock because I've been wearing it since... I was 21. I'm 27. Oh my God. Majuri makes fine jewelry for every day and they are so cool because they've new limited edition drops every Monday instead of seasonal releases like more traditional retailers. My last order was the limited edition goop drop. So they have like a collection with goop, which is just like so premium. It's insane. I'm so excited for it to come in the mail. I got the tracking and I was like, oh my God, let's go. And the best part is they don't have the traditional 10-time markups and they have fresh new picks at so they have fresh new picks at fair prices. The pieces are handcrafted by expert jewelers, ethically sourced and made to last. Majuri has the perfect gift and obviously mostly for yourself because duh. They have pieces for every budget, for everyone with women's, men's and unisex pieces. It's 14 karat solid gold that won't wear out or scratch easily. 
So it's perfect for people like me who hate taking their jewelry off. People always ask me, people always ask me if I sleep in my earrings and like I literally never take my earrings out out. I never take off my necklaces. I never take off my bracelets. Like maybe I'll take off my rings, but like, I love this because I don't have to worry about it. Like turning my finger green or like not lasting. Like that's why it's such a good gift too, because it's like, you don't have to spend that much money on it, but it's like something that's going to literally last them forever. And same for you because you don't want to be spending all this money on jewelry just after you replace it. So that's why I love their prices. I love their styles. I'm literally Majuri's number one fan. If you need help, cause you're not as big of a fan yet as I am and you don't know what to get, just try the virtual shopping. They have live chat with a Majuri stylist one-on-one. They will answer any questions you might have. What's my size? How do I style this? Can I mix metals? Always, duh. So visit Majuri and use code MOOD for 10% off your first order. That's Majuri.com, code MOOD for 10% off your first order. M-E-J-U-R-I. If you're really living under a rock, I mean, I just don't know how you wouldn't know Majuri or have something already. So use code MOOD for 10% off. Okay, guys, I really think you're going to enjoy today's current mood combo. I think you're going to learn so much and feel so seen and just feel so inspired. Literally, you're going to absolutely love it. So let's just jump right into it with Dr. Kian Vu. Enjoy. I'm so excited. I just told you off the microphone, basically, my little spiel on how I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. And... I just, it's, it's insane. Like your story in general, I was listening to your TEDx talk earlier and I was like, you're just story of how you came to America on its own could like be its entire own book and thing. And then you just want to really hit us with the fact that like you had chronic illness and like figured out how to cure it on your own. You have this incredible medical career. Like, are you not exhausted? (laughs) Well, I think once you find what, what lights you up in life. And, and once you discover all the struggles in life is, is all you brought you to a point where you have gifts now, sharing that gift with others and sharing that message with, with others certainly energizes me. I know just talking to you now, uh, I'm starting to get goosebumps and the energy is starting to pick up in me. So, well, no, let's make tired. the, let's make everyone else have goosebumps and kind of tell everyone like from the beginning, your story so that I don't just put words in your mouth and do it for you because I need them to get the goosebumps from you. <laughs> well, uh, let's see where, where to start. Well, I mean, it, it started off basically in post-war Vietnam. Um, uh, you know, as, as your audience may know, I mean, we, you know, America was fighting in the Vietnam war and it ended in 1975. I was born, well, I'm going to date myself now. I was born in July of 1978. So this was a couple of years after America had, had left and the whole country was basically uprooted. The, the North and the communist regime took over, basically seized all the businesses and seized all the money that was there. My parents were actually Chinese immigrants to Vietnam. Uh, so they were immigrants there and they tried to, you know, you know, build their own businesses from scratch. They had a pharmacy and all that was taken away. And when my mom was pregnant with me, she knew that this new communist regime, there'd be no future for me there. Um, and so they had decided we would try to escape by boat. And so one night, you know, with my mom, just like maybe a month pregnant or so, we tried to escape by boat and they, they entered this small ship trying to flee. And then right away they saw lights and it was actually the communist regime seizing that boat and, and saying, all right, you guys, 
are not authorized to do so. My dad gets thrown in jail into a re-education camp. And my mom was actually forced to entertain the troops when she was pregnant with me. She was, she, you know, she sung as a hobby, but she was, she was forced to entertain the troops. So I was actually, um, you know, this was actually a few months and I was actually born without uh, my dad by my side. And they finally released him. And when they finally released him, they had this program. They, they wanted to rid uh, Southern Vietnam of all the Chinese and, you know, uh, invaders. And so uh, we boarded this boat with 2,000 other refugees wow. uh, trying to sail to a better future. And there were many people that died on that voyage. I mean, people fell off the, the boat, you know, not our boat, but there were other boats out there that got seized by pirates, uh, a lot of illness on the boat. And uh, I nearly died of dysentery on that boat. I became the only surviving infant. So we spent eight months on that boat, you know, docked in the, uh, Manila Bay in the Philippines in a refugee camp because there was no room there. When room finally opened up there, I spent another three months um, in a Philippine refugee camp. And then in November of 1979, it was an early Christmas present. We were sponsored over by a Catholic church to America. And one would think that a child, you know, who is the only surviving infant on a boat, um, comes to this land of opportunity, would feel so grateful for his life. Mm. Uh, but that wasn't the case. You know, I grew up in Chinatown, LA, which is really poor immigrant neighborhood at the time. And I remember just not fitting in. And, you know, the problem is I, I also got bused to a more affluent area for school. I got tested with a pretty high IQ. So I got bused oh. to this special school and became one of the few Asian kids in my school. And I just remember, you know, constantly being bullied for being an immigrant, for being Asian, for the holes in my hand-me-down clothes, for the stinky food my mom, you know, sent me to school with. People would call me chink, go back to your home country. And that's what I grew up with. And I just remember heading home like every day wishing I was someone else, wishing I was taller, wishing I was whiter, wishing I didn't have my parents. I wish I, I had a different family. I wish I lived in a different neighborhood. And there was all this energy of not feeling like I was worthy or not feeling I was like I was enough. And that story and that energy I carried with me. And what I did to compensate throughout life was to carry a mask. I tried to excel in school. I tried to be, you know, have a charismatic personality, the fun going guy. And, and I built this mask for myself, but it was always a mask. And inside was, was this feeling like I still wasn't enough. And I was always striving. Uh, come time, you know, I, I, I you know, study biology and I go uh, to college thinking, you know, as a kid, I, I wanted to use my voice. I wanted to be in media. I wanted to be in entertainment, but I never saw anyone that looked like me. In fact, the representation, you know, back when I was a kid of all the Asians um, in the media were, you know, grocery store owners, people that spoke with thick accents. You know, we weren't perceived uh, to, 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 to be, you know, um, of normal American society. And so I didn't really have any heroes that I could that I could identify with. I had heroes like Tony Robbins, Mick Jagger, Robin Williams, but none of them looked like me. Mm. So when it was time to choose what I wanted to do, you know, I think in my heart, I still wanted to do media and entertainment because I knew I, I had something to share, but I didn't have a role model. And my mom really said, look, we, we sacrificed all all this stuff for you to be in America, I'm going to give you three choices. You could be a doctor, an MD, or a physician. <laughs> and so I went to medical school. 
And I got trained at the best institutions, UC San Diego uh, for, for medical school, UCLA for residency. I spent some time at the National Institutes of Health, and I was also a Howard Hughes Medical Institute fellow. And I don't say that to to impress people. I say that to let you know, I had a pretty broad conventional medical knowledge and background, and, and I actually entered the field of interventional radiology. And what is that? Well, radiology is the science of knowing what the disease looks like inside the body using advanced imaging technology, ultrasounds, x-rays, CT scans. And then an interventional radiologist is a minimally invasive surgeon that uses all those technologies to do minimally invasive procedures. So I was able to open blood vessels if they were clogged. If somebody came in and, and they were bleeding out, I would be able to drive to a blood vessel and close it off. So I did a lot of cool stuff. So I knew disease. And the reason why I'm sharing this is even with my advanced medical knowledge, even training at the top institutions in the country, five years ago, as an attending physician who's treated chronic you know, disease, I find myself overweight, diabetic, hypertensive, and it was on all these prescription medications. And really, I became somebody who had the early stage diseases of the diseases I was treating. And I said, wait a minute, this is not right. I mean, I, I think that was a very huge wake-up call because I remember looking myself in the mirror and I said, wow, I didn't like the man I'd become. How do I get? And, and then when I look back and I said, well, how did I get to this point? It brings me to a quote that the Dalai Lama shared. He said, what he found most interesting about humanity was man because he would sacrifice his health in order to make money and then sacrifice his money to recuperate his health. And a lot of the clients I treat now share a very similar story. Maybe also they didn't find worthiness in themselves or, or felt in, you know, enough. And that negative energy and stress was a great motivator to go out and do stuff. But it was pursuing things outside of yourself, maybe like money or like a bank account or me, this white coat that, that I could use as, as this mask. But it was just masking more of that. And eventually what happened was, in chasing success, I had become so stressed that I led an unhealthy lifestyle. But here's the thing. In medical school, as much as we learned, we didn't learn what wellness really was. Mm. So didn't sleep well, didn't eat well. And again, that energy of not being enough made me take on all these bad habits. That eventually led to disease. And really, that was a gift, I would say, the doctor getting disease, because then I had the opportunity to learn what it took to reverse it. Do you think too, I mean, that's just all the most insane. Like I said, like, first of all, no wonder you have a book, like your life story itself is absolutely incredible. I mean, even like a huge shout out to your parents, first of all, like they get the most honorable mention on the podcast. It's just, it's truly, it's, it's incredible. It's one of those things where you hear it and you just think, you know, I always say this like quote of, you know, just because you're drowning in 150 feet of water and I'm drowning in 10 feet doesn't mean we're both not drowning. But it's still yeah. it's 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 one of those things where it just it does make you realize like, hey, like you have way more room to swim to the top. Right. And it you know, I, I find it so interesting throughout like all the struggles and hardship that you and your um, family all went through and how like how your IQ was and how smart you were and like just how much you persevered that there was still this moment of 
wellness and mental health for you before it was, you know, it's not something that a lot of cultures are familiar with, no matter like how you were raised and how you were brought up. It's definitely one of those things where it's just kind of like, you know, go be successful and go make money. And I, I, I kind of want to know too, like, was it more so of that logical thought process for you of like, wait, I am a doctor. I know these diseases and I have them question mark. Or was it like, I feel like crap. How did this happen? Question mark. Like, you know what I mean? Like, did it start kind of as this like more feeling led mental health thing? Cause I, Mm -hmm. I'm the first one to always say like your physical health and your mental health are so, so, so connected. Absolutely. I am so far from a doctor, obviously, but it would, you know, drive me crazy with people like, well, did you try just getting sleep and drinking water and not treating yourself like crap? Like I'm the first person to know that I'm exhausted when I'm being negative and cranky and crabby. But did you notice those feelings and mental aspects first or did that come with maybe diving more into the wellness sphere? After yeah, the great, sphere? great question. Well, I mean, I think the mental thing was was building up. You know, I think, you know, going through medical school, chasing a, a, a top residency, then wanting to, you know, chasing uh, becoming chief of interventional radiology, radiology at the hospital. I always had, you know, other people's agendas ahead of my own. Mm. And and that just brought more and more stress. And 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 then then once I finally became an attending and I was chief of interventional radiology in my private practice group, um, then it was how do we make you know more money? How do we become more successful as a group? And that brought its own um, stresses and all that was already building. And then, then the physical symptoms started to hit more, started to get more tired, started to, to, to gain more weight. It started losing some hair. Um, and then finally I got my labs done and my hemoglobin A1C. And for people who don't know what that is, it's a marker. Basically it's a, it's, it's a very uh, crude marker for diabetes showed that I was in the diabetic range. And then I was just in shock. And here was the other thing too. I knew about disease but I always thought that, okay, they just happened to certain people. You know, you, you, you got the bad genetics for it, and, and it just so happens that it will happen to you. And that's sort of what we were told in medical school. Nobody said what, what root causes of disease really were. We learned what diseases were out there, and we learned how to prescribe medications for those diseases. And it wasn't until I started to do more deep work in nutrition, epigenetics, studying anti-aging medicine and looking at longevity around the world that we said, wow, the root causes of disease is actually not within our genetics. It's actually how our genetics interacts with the environment, with its own cellular environment. And here's the good news. And this is what I talk about in my book. What controls that thing that talks to our DNA is actually all within our control. It's sleep, nutrition, movement, stress and emotional mastery, relationships, our thought and mindset, and our sense of purpose. All these things are actually energetically connected to molecules that speak to our DNA. And if we can control that, we're telling our DNA we are in a thrive state and we we are meant to heal. And it was actually touching all those seven things that I use to reverse all my diseases. And if you don't work on those seven things, you're telling your cells that you're in danger. And what happens when you tell your cells, you're in danger. Well, it starts the inflammatory response. It raises inflammation in your body. It lowers your immune system in your body. That's then puts you prone to getting chronic symptoms. And that puts you prone to getting chronic disease. 
And these were things, again, I didn't learn at the time. And I was like, I was floored to, to discover all this. And when I actually, you know, reversed my diabetes in four to six months, I said, oh my gosh, people need to know about this. People need to know. Four to six months. Yeah. Yeah. And I do this with my clients, you know, quicker now because I know how to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you too. I, it's like, A, I think this message is so important and feels like validating in a sense, but I did just get like slightly triggered when you said inflammation Yeah. because when I was growing up, I had chronic undiagnosed illnesses, whether it was chronic pain, chronic sinusitis, chronic sleep, chronic inflammation. And it's, it's so interesting though, because I feel like you're almost bridging this gap where it's either the doctors, like the actual doctors at the hospital being like, we don't know what's wrong with you. There's no medicine. We can try this. Like I was diagnosed with Lyme's disease, undiagnosed with Lyme's disease and so on and so forth. But then it's not until you talk to the therapists who are the people on like the other end of the spectrum that yeah. are like, you know, it could be psychological. It could be this. So I feel like you're almost this person that was traditionally also trained in like, it's so validating to hear you kind of come from this more holistic, like whole health side. Because like when I hear you say it, I believe you in a sense of, no, now it makes sense that like the way you described the fear state and you described like sleep and nutrition that like my my white blood cell count was low and I was sick all the time and that I had like chronic pain. But it's like when just a therapist is like, maybe it's in your head. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, does that make sense? It's like this weird thing where you're almost like, between your story and your background, it's bridging this gap of like, not just like getting a second opinion where it's like, you're both opinions put into one. Cause I'm like sitting over here being like, yes, like exactly. This is what I tell people. This is what I believe in. And then I'm like, Oh my God, I'm such a hypocrite because I always say like, no, like my pain is real. Like my knees hurt. Like I ache. And I'm like, Oh, Okay, doctor, you might be on to something with your Thrive State over here. Just got to say, you you proved me wrong, even when I'm someone who already believed in everything you're saying. (laughs) Well, you know, I I feel like it all comes full circle, you know. Now I, I look at all the struggles and, you know, like Ram Dass says, the struggle is really the sandpaper for our awakening. And I'm so glad I came from that traditional medical background that I did all that training um, to be able to say, I was able to see, you know, the, the, there's that Indian parable of blind men feeling an elephant, right? One, one, one feels the tail and say, okay, this thing's a snake. One feels the, the trunk and says, okay, this thing is a spear, right? But they all only see one part of that elephant and they don't see the, the entire part. And being able to be trained in Western medicine, you see one side of health, but you don't see all the rest. And until I started to dive in deeper into spirituality, into mental health, into biohacking, into anti-aging medicine, I was able to see health in a more kind of holistic standpoint. And that was one thing that medicine, you know, or Western medicine has left out. So it turns out that our mental physical, emotional, and spiritual energies are all speaking to our DNA at any particular time. And they're all interrelated, you know? And if you're suffering from one sphere, you could work on something else and I'll help you elevate. So, you know, if, 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 your, if, if your mood is off, if your emotional health is off, start maybe working on some of the physical things. You'll, you'll recognize that when you start working on your physical things, it talks to your DNA in such a way that elevates your state And then now all of a sudden your emotional state will start to change. 
And you could actually hit each one of these things and you you have to realize, okay, sometimes when you're, when you're mentally in, in a certain state, trying to just like hit that, say, okay, I'm going to improve my emotions right now. That might be a little harder to do, but if you work on some of these other things, because they're all connected, um, mm. you'll, you'll find that your emotional state will, will gradually go up as well. I like that. It's almost like a side, like a side cut of like, yeah, you're, you know, not feeling like you're in a great mood. The last thing you want to do is probably think positive. Well, you could go, go take a walk. It's exactly. like those little thing. It's like the sidestepping. Quick break to talk to you guys about my favorite sponsor, BetterHelp. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, of course, because it's mood. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Yes, I'm asking you again, because if you haven't sought help to fix it or work on it, what are you doing? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours, you guys. And it's not a crisis line. Calm down. It's not self-help. Don't worry. It is professional therapy done securely online. They have a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed because it's like dating. If you don't really vibe with your first therapist, there's no shame. Just try out another one. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash mood, that's Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states, probably because of mood, obviously. So don't forget my special offer for my mood listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash mood. Back to the podcast. So is that what you, so what are the bioenergetics? bioenergetics. What are bioenergetics? Yeah, there's seven bioenergetic elements. And so what is it exactly? Well, what is bioenergetic medicine? Bioenergetic medicine basically is the study of of the transfer of energy between you know living organisms and cells. And why is this important? This is important because our cellular health, our mental health, our performance, our longevity is all tied to the state of our cellular health, right? Cells make tissues, make organs, make systems, and those systems make up who we are, right? So if we've got a optimal immune system, um, we, we can fight off uh, you know, uh, cancers and infections when we have a suboptimal mental system, we're super sharp. So we, we all want those things, right? When your cells are not functioning very well, what happens? Suboptimal cells lead to suboptimal tissues, suboptimal organs, and suboptimal systems. Suboptimal immune system, you can get you know, basically chronic infections, um, cancer, Suboptimal cardiovascular system, people will get atherosclerosis, heart attacks, and strokes. So it's these systems going down from suboptimal cells is really the key issue. So the next question you might ask is, what makes a cell optimal versus what makes it suboptimal? Well, this takes me back to when I was doing research at USC. We were actually studying basically these cells on a Petri dish. I was studying some lung cells. And it turns out when we were studying the cells on a Petri dish, when we put it into the incubator, if we were to change the medium up a little bit, it started to change how these cells divided. If you started to change the temperature, they behaved a little bit different. If you started to change the light, it started to behave a little different. So here's the thing. A cell actually chooses its direction and it's constantly listening to what's happening in its environment. 
what is actually in the environment is all these different energies that feed the cells. And, and, and they basically come in through hormones, growth factors, signaling molecules. And what makes that up? Well, it turns out our DNA is constantly listening to all the energies around it, right? It's picking up energy from the environment, transmuting that energy into signaling molecules, then talking to our DNA. Now, actually, every energy is actually neither created nor destroyed, and it's speaking to our DNA. But to remember a million things you need to do that speaks to your DNA doesn't help. It turns out there are seven main things, seven bioenergetic elements that if you focus on this thing, you, you've got the 80-20 rule of basically turning your cells into an optimal state. And it was those things that I discussed. They are sleep, nutrition, movement, stress and emotional mastery, our thought and mindset, relationships, and purpose. And basically, those are the sleep, nutrition, and movement. Those are the physical energies. The um, stress and emotions are our emotional you know, uh, energy. Our thoughts and mindset are mental energy. And then community or relationships and purpose is our spiritual energy. All those things are actually constantly speaking to our DNA moment to moment to moment. So when you kind of are like in your book and working with like, I don't know if you refer to them as clients or patients because yeah. you just give me big famous energy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I almost want to say clients because there's yeah. so much more than a doctor. How they're, they're obviously kind of like seven, these seven elements are kind of more like unique and broad. So when you talk about it, is there like a certain way in which you figure out like obviously what's optimal for that individual person? Because you know, you could think your purpose is one thing and then it's not like, is there, you know, kind of like a symptom or like an underlying thing where that is maybe more obvious? Does that make sense? Yeah. So the question is when I do my assessment, I basically mm -hmm. will, will, will audit all those seven things in that particular person's life. And you're right. For some people finding their purpose, they're, they're, they're in a, you know, I, I was the same way. I thought my purpose was one way or I was constantly trying to find purpose. I knew purpose was so important in my life. What is my purpose? Um, and I don't know if you want to get into it now or later, but I actually have, you know, our, our DNA basically is telling what our purpose really is. Now, you know, I've got a six month year old daughter and when she's not needing something or if something's not hurting, she's just got a glow and a joy to her. And that's natural, Right. That's encoded in your in her genes, this joy that she has. And so, you know, I talk about in my book, emotional states and states of anger, fear, resentment, anxiety, worry, hate. All those are actually inflammatory emotions. They actually tell you, tell your body the same thing that happens when you're running away from a saber tooth tiger. They think that there's yeah. danger. And then that actually increases inflammation or lower your immune system and puts you prone to getting chronic disease. Whereas emotions of love, of connection, of gratitude, of joy are actually anti-aging medicines. But they're also telling you this. They're also giving you a sense of what purpose is. Because if you could remember, and here's the thing, finding purpose, you don't have to go out there and find it. It's more a process of remembering who you are remembering the things that bring you joy, that remembering the things that bring gratitude or those positive emotional states, that makes up who you are. So your purpose is just sharing you authentically. If you know the things that bring you joy and you share that with the world, that brings the spirituality aspect to it, that is your purpose. Um, your purpose is also all the struggles in your life that you've been gifted with, because now that you've got that struggle and you've overcome it, 
you've been given a gift and now you've got a gift to share with the world. So, you know, I, I was thinking having a doc, being a doctor with chronic disease is, 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 is what a sentence, how could this happen to me? But if you could flip the switch, and this is a part of the mindset piece, if you could flip the switch to, to say, how is this happening for me at any point in your life? Well, now I know, right? I've gotten disease as a medical doctor to, to rec- recognize the limitations Western medicine has, but being able to overcome it. Now I'm like, oh my God, people have people are really the doctors of the future. People are really their own best medicine. And now I get to share that message with others. So struggle... Uh, that we've been gifted with so that we can now evolve as, as human beings so that we can give more to the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's, you know, the struggle is always something that is serving your life for you, not to you. And I think purpose is such a scary word to a lot of people because it seems so big and so heavy and it needs to be so quote unquote meaningful externally. Like you need external validation for what your purpose is. And so I love how you explain that it's really kind of like more so authenticity and finding joy and those more positive things. Yeah. Um, Your purpose is you. I, 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 and it's, it sounds so like, (laughs) I always say it's not, that it's easy all of it it's that it's simple right it's like i'm not saying it's like easy to figure all this stuff out but it is simple and you you make it sound very simple and i guess in in a sense of you know for me to go through your book and probably sit down and kind of start this self-work i guess i mean is that kind of i'm sure it's not going to be easy to figure all this stuff out and i'm going to have to put in quote unquote the work um And, you know, to make sure I'm kind of in a thrive state and making sure all these things are optimal. And I, you know, I assume that the goal isn't to obviously like be perfect all the time with something because like we're still human. But is that kind of like the place that you tell people to start is with those kind of seven elements, would you say? Yes. In general? So basically, you know, I'm I'm actually just about to launch a course. And if you'd like, I'd be able to happily share that course with your audience. But basically that's what it is, is it's taking an audit of where you are in these seven things and recognizing there are many different tools in each one of these seven things that will get you to thrive state. And it's about just implementing habits. And here's, here's, here's the thing about habits. It normally takes about 60 days on average to, to get rid of a habit or put into a new habit. But Robin Sharma has a quote about, you know, starting anything new. It's, you know, Starting, you know, any habit is really tough in the beginning. It gets really messy in the middle, but it's beautiful in the end. And that's just to say that, you know, when you, whenever you start and you want to build something new, it, it's going to be messy. So get yeah. behind yourself, allow, you know, yourself the, the chance to, you know, you know, to be very forgiving and not beat yourself up when you're not perfect, because that's absolutely not the point. But here's the thing. Once you start installing something, and this is what I guide people through uh, in my book, in the course as well, is start with the thing that's going to be the lowest amount of resistance for you. Mm-hmm. Because if you could do that, you're already starting to shift your energetic state a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now that gives you a little bit more energy to apply that next easy thing for you. And all of a sudden, energy shifts again, and you're building energetic momentum so that, like, you know, you know let, let's just say, you know, 100 push-ups is something really tough to do at some point. Once you start working on your sleep, once you start working on your emotional state and all these other things, you'll find that that really hard thing to do becomes a lot easier once you start to build that energetic momentum. Yeah, it's like, it's not just like 
jump, <laughs> jump like uh, head first, right? Like dip right. your toe in and get, feel the water, which, you know, not everyone says. It's like, just go for it. So I like your approach a little bit better. I wanted to answer your question about awareness because I feel that that is so important. Having the awareness. So I, I tell people, you know, having poor health, being, you know, overweight, having low energy, brain fog. That's not what our body's naturally doing. So we want to be in a thrive state. When we're in a thrive state, we have access to optimal health, longevity, and peak performance. So that's really the goal. And you know, how then do we get there? We get there by stacking habits that basically drive this bioenergetic state that tells ourselves, hey, we're thriving now. Let's, let's live a long time and let's share our gifts with the world. Now, the, the, how do you reach and start to install some of these habits is one to have awareness of the things that drive you, right? So having that awareness is so key, right? Um, the uh, Holocaust survivor, Vic Victor Frankl has a very important quote. He says, between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space is our power to choose a response. And our res in our response has, you know, lies our growth and freedom. And I love this quote because this tells us this, basically who we are, our health is just basically what we do day in and day out. It's the things that we do, is the things that we feel, is the things that we act upon. So having that awareness, like, you know, whenever you feel like, you know, you wanna rush over and just grab and scroll through your phone or like go grab a piece of cake, you could always pause. So I have this technique and you can do this with any one of the seven elements, sleep, nutrition, movement, uh, stress, and emotional mastery, relationships, and purpose. Whenever you find yourself wanting to install a habit or, or get rid of a, a bad habit, create space and act. How do you create space? By taking 10 deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. What that will do is basically create a little bit of space. So if you've got that craving for that cookie, do that. You'll notice that craving is going to decrease a little bit. And in that space, what can you do? You act, which stands for awareness, choice, and take action. Mm. So the awareness, oh, ah, yeah, maybe I'm just feeling bored or maybe I'm stressed and, and the cookie is always that comfort food, having that. Then ch choice. No, I don't want that cookie. I know it brings in inflammation. How then do I want, what then do I want to do? Well, maybe I want to work out or maybe I want to grab something healthy and then finally take action. When you do that, you start to train your, your, your brain to install this new habit. And you can do that when I'm getting, when, when I'm with my fiance and we, we might be like about to get into a fight. I'm like, okay, honey, let me create space and act, you know? I notice that part come up and then I step aside and I take 10 deep breaths and say, oh my God, okay, this is the part of me that is old, that's, that's being triggered right now. How then do I want to show up? Then I choose. I choose. I want to show up with love. I want to show up with, with kindness right now. Take action. Honey, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, you know, this part triggered me and I don't want to show up that way. I want to, I want to, I want to stand for love and gratitude. Let's start over. And basically, like I said, each one of those seven elements, if you've got some bad habits in your life right now, do that technique, create space mm -hmm. and then act. I love that. And I love how you gave us like a tangible, actual thing to do with the 10 deep breaths as well and go through that little system because it's not just, you know, 
pause and reflect for a second. Like I actually no, follow the actual steps and I'm going to try it because I have some bad habits right now. So I really am going to try it. And I have to ask you before I have just a couple more questions. What is kind of the response? Because I mean, you I'm sure you have so many, so many colleagues over like your many years of studying like what is kind of the response from other people that were trained maybe like alongside you or in the same fields as you with kind of where you've taken your studies and just kind of career path and everything with this, you know, kind of combining the Western medicine with everything else? Yeah. So some, I've got a mixed response. I've got, you know, some people that really get it because the, they too probably have some health issues. In fact, a lot of my colleagues have some health issues again, because we never got trained um, to what wellness was. And so when people see me being overweight and they see how I look now, they're like, okay, what are you doing? What's the secret, <laughs> right? Um, so I have that. Then I've got you know, colleagues who are still deep within you know, attaining success and, and they're like, okay, well, you know, I need to do so many surgeries. Uh, do, I really, do I really wanna fix this problem here? Because then I'm gonna lose patients. And there are people that yeah. feel that way. And I think a lot of, you know, modern medical care is, is, is kind of sick care. You know, it, we're, they're not really incentivized to make people better because then you, you, you run out of business. And so I've got some people who are just very still fixed on doing what they're doing and, and, and kind of approaching life that way. But I think people are starting to wake up. I think a lot of people who are just trained in, in Western medicine recognizes the limitations. One, because maybe they've, they've got disease themselves or they're recognizing, oh my God, you know what? I'm treating these patients and year after year, I'm just increasing their medication doses or I am you know, giving them more medications and that doesn't seem to be working. So I would probably say, you know, do the, do, do the social media. And, and, and now that, you know, the, the, the message of health and health empowerment is out there, people are starting to wake up and really, you know, wanting to embrace, you know, this new form of medicine. Um, and, and uh, I'm getting some pretty positive response around the book. I, well, I'm so excited about the book because I want to dive into it just like full on like course and everything you mentioned. And I think that too, you said something great in your TEDx talk too about like, of course, if you know something's like bleeding or there's like you have an inflamed gallbladder, like you go in, you take it out. And this is more so of that kind of chronic disease stuff, not to be yeah. confused with like, yeah, like you can think positive thoughts into yourself to stop bleeding. Like, right. am I right on that? No, absolutely. <laughs> like. We've conventional medicine does have a, a great role in acute conditions. That means things that are just happening. You get a pneumonia. Okay. Yes. You, you, maybe you need some antibiotics or, you know, you're, you know, you get into a car accident, you're bleeding from, you know, you're bleeding out. Don't do any lifestyle stuff when you're bleeding out, get your ass to an emergency room. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's great at doing that, but what, what is chronic disease and what are chronic symptoms? Chronic symptoms is basically your cells basically in an environment over the course of the period of like months to years to decades of your cells thinking, hey, you know what? I'm not really in an optimal state. You're giving the cells sort of like this chronic, you know, I'm in danger signal. And it again, that drives the stress response, which raises inflammation, lowers the immune system. Those two processes actually sets the stage for all these chronic diseases. And that takes time. And because 
And because what sets the stage for chronic disease is a poor bioenergetic state, a poor bioenergetic state is those seven things in life mm-hmm. that you are basically ignoring. And you're, you're basically living that way for a long time. That's how you get chronic disease. And you don't fix that with a pill. You fix that by going back to the root, back to those seven things. Okay. Well, I have literally so much work to do now between all those seven things. Like literally thank you just for, I mean, sharing your struggle with everyone. And I just, you're, I don't, you're like a rare gem, which is your story is like, you know, it's, you can't replicate it. And it's so incredible. I can't wait to read the book and just like dive in. I, you know, I guess, when does it come out again? The book is, is actually out? already out. The okay. the the course the course is, is not out. The course is not out, but certainly we'll give you guys um, access, early access. You know, um, so that you know, if if you go through the course and you like it, feel free to share it with the community. Uh, we will serve them well in there because when you're done with the course, you'll have your own blueprint because a lot of that is going to come within you. The things that you mm-hmm. really need to do, um, and you'll come up with your own blueprint to get to the thrive state. Well, I'm so excited. Where can everyone just follow along for more like tips, tricks, and making sure they dig into this book and figure out their seven things? All right. You can pick up the book at thrivestatebook.com. You can find me anywhere on social media at kienvumd. That's K-I-E-N-V-U-U-M-D. Uh, and then go to my website, kienvu.com, where you can find out more about me, where I'm speaking next, and find out more about the course there as well. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's Mood. Don't forget to follow along for more at Mood with Lauren Elizabeth at Lauren Elizabeth. And if you want to shop merch, shop LaurenElizabeth.com. Thank you guys so much for your support. I'm absolutely obsessed with you. You are my mood booster for real. Talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.